you doing today? This week, it's all about experience. That's the theme of today's episode, experience, things that you've been through, things that you're going to go through. Experience is something I think is extremely undervalued. I think we don't take enough time to sit down and think about all the things that we've gone through, things that we've accomplished, all the skills that you have, all the things that you've learned, all the things you learned from your mistakes, all the things that you've learned traditionally, right? Lots of things that are inside of you that we don't stop and remind ourselves of the strength the endurance, the things that we've accomplished. If you're out there, you see someone that you know, you know something about them, their childhood, you've been there with them for a long time or something like that, give that energy to that person. Stop and say, hey, remember the time you did this? Remember way back when you you got through that situation? Remember you didn't think that was going to work out? Be that for someone if you can. If you know someone around you, give that energy out to them and help them remember the good things that they've done, the way they've accomplished things, the times they've bounced back from stuff. And hopefully I could be that for you. Hopefully you take a minute, think about it. Think about some of the things that you're proud of, that you've accomplished. Take a moment, right? As we get into this week, the words of the week is, what you need is inside of you. I wholeheartedly believe that. When I hear something, I think I know if it's true or if it's not true. What you need is inside of you. Too often as consumers, we get caught up in the idea that we need to buy one more thing. We need to go get that other thing that's out there. If I just had that one thing, then I would be able to do that thing that I want to do. It's it's not true. I can tell you from a firsthand experience, I've purchased many things thinking that was going to be the thing that I was missing. And really what it comes down to is that it's inside of you. It's just a matter of you knowing what it is you want to do and then you taking that next step. So to say, hey, that's not true, Sammy. I need a million dollars to start my business. You know, maybe that's what I need. Fair enough. But what that means is you know what you're missing, right? That you have that inside of you. You know you have discernment. You know what it is that you need to go out and get. And that's great because a lot of people don't even know what they're missing, right? So if you have that already, then that's perfect. That means that you have to go and find those people that you need to connect with to get you in a position to get that million dollars. It happens. If you listen to my podcast I did about Ray Kroc recently, um, I'm going re- recap on that. But in the movie The Founder, you know, I talked about how that guy made million-dollar deals with no money. Right, just speaking to the right people, the qualified people, getting in contact with people, not banks, not going to get loans. He understood when presented with the right situation that it was inside of him. He had confidence. He was in, in tune with his star players, Cat Williams would say, right? I love that, right? Knowing that he was what he was. So you are what you are, right? You have those skills. If you think you're not good enough, that's a lie. Don't don't listen to that lie. Go out there and do the next thing that you have to do. What you need is inside of you. This week, I want to talk about a few different things. I want to talk about misinformation. I think it's a horrible problem that we all deal with. And if you don't have your radar up and you're not looking out for it, you can fall into a pool of misinformation and deal with a lot of time-wasting things. There's so many people out there profiting off of misinformation. A few key industries I'm going to touch on in this in, in this episode in particular but that's something we're going to talk about. I want to touch on Conor McGregor. Um, he had a fight recently. He broke his leg. Uh, I want to talk about him and how I believe he's still winning, right? I believe Conor McGregor is is still a success with that loss. And I want to look at how we can relate that to our lives, some things we can learn from that situation. I want to touch on commercial boxing events in general. These things kind of popped up over the last year or two. 
Um, you see a lot of these like spectacle-based boxing events that aren't really traditional boxing events. Again, something I think we all can learn from, no matter what it is you're out there doing, there's some things going on with commercial and boxing events that I think we should be taking you know, some consideration in. Uh, I'm going to review my episode for The Founder. If you guys didn't see, I put up an extra podcast one week. It was two hours long. It's not something I expect you to listen to at all. But it's something that I think I got to hear it myself. So I'm going to review my own episode and tell you guys some things that I liked about it, some things I'm going to change next time I do one of those, and kind of give you a little summary, some takeaways from that. Well, you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you're not interested. Or maybe you hear what I say and then you want to go ahead and give it a try. And the last thing, I want to talk about DoorDash and um, some other services that are out there that um, you know, I've recently got a chance to experience to tell you the pros and cons of what I think some easy ways for you to make some extra money if you have those options. If you don't have a car, I've even seen like there's electric bikes and other different ways you can go about it sometimes. And you can kind of give you the pros and cons and my take on what that industry is like right now. And uh, some of the amazing opportunities I think that you can use to either you know get a few extra dollars in your pocket or maybe even swivel to something like that full time. Um, it doesn't seem like something you would want to do necessarily, but I, the information I've come across recently, I think there's some, it's, it's worth looking at, right? Taking a little more serious than it was before. I'm going to talk about why. So those are the things we're talking about this week on the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. And um, yeah, let's just hop right into it. So I guess the first thing I want to talk about is my episode I did on the founder. That is a tool. That is something that I'm going to use. I already got to use it one time, right? When you're out and about and you can't watch one of your favorite movies, um, you know, what I did in that episode was I gave you a complete brain dump of my experience, the things that constantly go through my mind when I watch those movies. And I wasn't sure about it, but I actually really enjoyed the episode. I think it was something very different. It was kind of like a director's commentary, but I didn't focus on talking about just the movie. I wasn't sitting there looking at every scene, talking about you know where we put the lights at, where the camera went, why the actor did that. I did some of that when well, I thought it was necessary from an artistic standpoint, but then I also talked about the things going on in business. I related it to things going on in real life, and that's how I think when I watch those movies. That's why those movies matter to me. So you got to hear like a whole brain dump of my experience watching one of my favorite movies. And then for me, how I use that as medicine is if I'm going out through, you know, through a week and I can't sit down and have a quiet space where I could watch that movie and get into it, I could throw on the podcast. And I had a chance to do that recently. I got to hear it back the whole two hours. Um, and I thought it was really great. You know, So if you like Michael Keaton, if you like The Founder, if you're out and about and you're a little bored, give it a shot, throw it on. And I'm, I think it's a little different. I'm actually kind of proud of how it all turned out because it's you know whenever you're doing a new idea, you're not sure how it's going to work or whatever. I thought it actually ended up giving some value. There's definitely some things I can do to improve it. Um, I'm going to try to do in the next episodes. But some of the main takeaways is that that whole story is about persistence. Um, you know, there's that movie is divisive if you like the main character or don't like the main character. And I get into you know I understand why that is. Um, but I try not to focus on the things that you know ruin a movie for somebody or some things you don't like about a movie. Overall, I think it's a great story with a lot of examples about um, persistence. It's acted well, obviously, and like all good art, it's supposed to be powerful when it when it works, and I think it works very well in that movie. So when you feel like you you're a little down or you feel like you you're looking for some persistence, the founder is one of the movies you can throw on. It's a very economic movie. They don't waste time. It jumps right into examples of you know things that you could do and you can apply to your life. Um, so if you get a chance to check out my my breakdown on the founder, 
that's going to be cool. Um, if not, if that's not your cup of tea, I'm going to do a, a few other business-like movies, Wolf of Wall Street and Pursuit of Happiness. They're coming up next. Um, which weeks I'm going to do them, they're really long. So they're usually like longer projects I'm working on. I don't know which week they will come out, but just keep an eye, right? If you have the bells notifications on on Spotify, I know some people do, then you will get a notification the episode went up. It's separate from like the regular podcast, but you still should get notified. And if not, just every once in a while, if you're listening, and I appreciate anyone out there listening, just take a look to see if you've missed any episodes that I put up as like bonus episodes. I'll do that from time to time. Um, this one, obviously, I'm going to try to always keep the Thursday podcast, which is kind of what this one is today. But every once in a while, if I have something else I want to talk about or I have a special guest, something like that, that also needs to come out at that time, I'm not going to hold that episode back for the next week. I'm going to try to put it out there as soon as I can. And that's just a bonus episode for that week. Sometimes I don't put ads and stuff on it because I feel like it's just extra. You know, I don't want to, you know, we'd be doing things and putting advertisements in all of them. Um, but I also want to have some ads up there in, in the in the videos to get used to using the platform and stuff like that. It's helpful for me to have that data and see, you know, how that stuff works. Um, You know, maybe next year in the future, if I develop the podcast more, then that stuff become, you know, more useful to me. Um, the next thing I want to, you know, touch on is misinformation. I've had a, a quite of a time recently um, dealing with misinformation and just seeing how many people profit off of misinformation. I think that's not a surprise to anyone listening to this when I say that. But to me, really looking at some sectors, some places in business, and really just you can throw the whole thing away. Like there's certain things that are just completely useless. At this point, the main main industry I came across was the health industry, right? I was having a conversation with someone that went to school for, for nutrition, and we were exchanging different ideas, basically. And that's what it really was at first, at least. It was exchanging ideas about nutrition. And I started watching some documentaries um, about you know, the top-rated documentaries about food. And I was, I was interested in some other ideas. I just wanted to give this stuff a try. And one of the documentaries highlighted how much misinformation and confusion there is for people trying to lose weight. But then that documentary itself, I realized, you know, I'm always priding myself on the ability to smell out things that are biased or not really true, was just presenting a bunch of more misinformation. A lot of quick facts that sound good, framing information to make you kind of think one way or the other. The documentary started off seeming like it didn't have a, like a point or a, an agenda, and then it quickly devolved into pushing some kind of agenda about one specific diet over the others. Um, so then I got frustrated and said, I'm going to go read the scientific papers behind all this stuff. And it took a lot of time to dig this stuff up. These are not fun reads. And I, I found that, you know, because of how doctors are and how the health industry is when it comes to you know, actual hospitals and then obviously the trends and all the people who pop up all over the world with a new book that they wrote. It's 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 really you can go one way or the other with every single topic. There's always another doctor or another person who will come out and do another study. They'll put all the data out there and present a whole other idea. And one of the documentaries I watched pointed out a problem about people is that, you know, politics, religion and, and for some reason now um, health, food and health. I've become very dogmatic. It's very difficult to talk to people about these kind of things. And people kind of find the almost the food god that they want and they worship that god. And then yet you can see these these all these documentaries have similar cases where sometimes the author of the book or someone on the show 
has an experience very similar from losing your faith where you'll hear somebody like, yeah, I was doing this diet and my whole life was this way and then everything fell apart and then luckily I found this other diet. And like, this is exactly how it sounds when someone talks about like having a crisis of faith and leaving a religion. Um, and then they start saying all these things that are half-truths about the new food they're into. And I'm, I'm just, I was just so surprised. I feel like I maybe missed when did we get so far off from something as simple as health or you're the food that you're eating and what's healthy for you it's become so divisive so then trying to look in and find like what's the actual answer you you can tell me if i'm wrong you can definitely send me a message or comment but i don't i don't think there's any answers i see all the stuff from the colleges and the actual professional places when I look deeper into it beyond the textbooks, it's all biased. It's all serving one kind of agenda. It's all going one direction. Then I look at some of the holistic stuff, and I feel like at some point that stuff gets biased too. There's always something else that's being left out or some kind of information they're not directly challenging. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, not saying that you can't do anything. I think you have to ultimately find some different things. You have to try them yourself. It's going to work for you. That's that's the the information there. That's not the misinformation. I think the clear cut, true answer to those questions is you need to find something, you give it a try, and see how it goes. And then if it doesn't work out for you long term, you switch. Please don't go do one of these documentaries where you're like, and then I had to burn down the other diet. Like it, it doesn't have to be so extreme. It's just food, right? It's just your health, but you you need to calm down a little bit when it comes to this stuff. And it's, it's crazy to me to think in that industry that there isn't a place where you get, you know, the actual the undisputed real facts about things. But then I thought about, you know, it's not really that much different than most other industries, really. Yeah, I think all industries have a certain level of bias, you know, or misinformation that you're going to see that, um you know, it confuses a lot of people. I mean, talking about entertainment, you know, looking at the film industry, that's something I think there's a lot of misinformation that's involved there. And part of it is, I think, you know, people that run those companies want you to be able to overcome some of that and get in. I think it creates a barrier between people. Um, but there's, I can see it also going both ways. I see things like stage32.com, which is a social media platform, supposedly, where you can meet up with other industry people and, like, get movies done. And there are people that come out of that that are success stories that it does work. But then also it's a thing where for some people you're just paying money or you're you're buying ads or doing whatever you can on there and kind of spinning your wheels where it might not really work out for you in your situation. You might need to be doing something else. So that's fine. That's fair. That's life, right? But some people go into those things thinking, ah, this is a scam or this isn't worth my time, which is 100% true. Or the opposite. Oh, this is my big break. This is what's going to work. Not 100% true. Right, so it's it's that kind of misinformation where stage thirty two, I'm sure, would love for you to feel like that's the one and only thing you should be doing. Um, but I think they have to do that. Every industry has to do that. Every platform has to do that because they're selling you something. So it's difficult when you're like, well, actually, what's the best way to get this job when you're looking at entertainment? And I guess the honest the answer to that is just like it is for the health food. It's you need to pick something you want to do, a path that you want to take, try it to the best of your ability. See how it works for you. And if it, you have to adjust, you adjust. And it goes into our episode's theme for this week, which is experience, right? So, yeah, I think that's something that whatever you're doing, whatever your interest is, keep that in mind. You have lots of people that are interested in your money, right? They're going to go ahead and try to get you to give them something. And, you know, you find good people, good businesses that maybe is more mutually beneficial. 
But sometimes you have to really watch out for that sort of thing and see if that's what your situation is that you're getting into. So we're going to take a quick pause next to do the commercial. When I get back, we're going to talk about Conor McGregor. We're going to talk about these celebrity boxing events. Some things, some other ways to look at business and things that you're doing in your regular life. Um, kind of looking at it from another perspective. There's a lot of things going on that we can use as examples that are really, really working out for people in those two areas. I also want to talk about some other ways outside the box to make money, some other things you can do to pick up some extra money for whatever project you're working on. It's not that difficult. There's a lot of different things that you can do to pick up that extra money you need to pick up a new piece of equipment, to buy some ads, little small things that are not that difficult, and I'll give you my tips on them when I get back from the commercial break, okay? Here we go. And we're back. Um... Yeah, the first thing I wanted to hop into here is the whole Conor McGregor situation. So if you're not into MMA, it doesn't matter, right? What you need to know is that one of the most highly paid, successful people in this sport, um, mixed martial arts, fighting for the UFC, um, recently had a fight where they came back, they fought another top contender, and basically it was one, it's like best two out of three. What happens is, if you don't know, sometimes in MMA when they fight, if someone loses, they might have a rematch. But if the other person loses, then it's a little controversial as, as to who really won this like series. So they go for like two out of three, basically. Well, this was a situation where the fighter came back, Conor McGregor. Um, very early on in the first round, he had this weird leg break. And um, obviously, he lost the fight because of that. However, that actually opened up the option for they're saying that when he gets healthy again, they should do a fourth fight, which isn't usually typically happened. But, um, you know, he got paid for the third fight, right? Everyone gets paid. And he's going to come back again and do another another fourth fight at some point with this other top contender, make a bunch of more millions, obviously. Um, and, yeah, and I see a lot of people kind of, you know, either you're on McGregor's side or you're not. And, really, what I think is interesting about him and the other celebrity boxing events going on is that, you know, a lot of fans of the sport, I used to be a fan of the sport, are looking at it from a fighting standpoint you know you win you lose this what matters this what doesn't matter conor mcgregor isn't playing that game anymore that game is over for him that game is over for a lot of those guys except conor mcgregor is still doing it in the ufc a lot of guys have left to go do these celebrity boxing events where they'll go fight another celebrity they'll fight you know a youtuber that's really a big deal if you go fight like logan paul jake paul they're making millions and millions of dollars off of these fights, in some situations, more money than they were making actually fighting the ranked fights in the UFC. Um, so a lot of these guys, towards the end of their career, while they're still healthy, they're going out and they're having these other fights. And it's very unusual because celebrity boxing isn't something that's new. But people right now are very interested in seeing MMA fighters trying to box people and also these other big names on the internet, these other viral people, these other sensations from YouTube, um, from around the world, going up against MMA people. It's, it's interesting because you kind of find this weird balance where MMA people are good at boxing, but they're not professional boxers. And it's kind of a nice little middle ground where they're, you're kind of handicapping the MMA person because they don't have all the, the yeah, focused on boxing. And then it's kind of an entry point, it seems like at least, for other people outside of the boxing world who are celebrities to come in and you know put up their dukes and get into a fight. 
So these guys are making a ton of money, more money for a lot of them than they would during normal boxing events. If you came in as a no-name boxer and you have one fight as just you know a YouTuber, that might make you some money. But if you can have a fight against another you know championship-level fighter, even if they're outside of boxing, they're, they're an MMA person basically, um, apparently that's extremely profitable, right? It's working a lot for them. Uh, I think, um, you know, I don't remember if it was Logan Paul or Jake Paul, but one of those guys has no wins, and it, every fight is like another million-dollar fight for this guy. Um, and Conor McGregor, you would think, is only going to do it that way, but he's actually maintaining that inside the UFC, making a bunch of money in the UFC. He also has done the outside of the UFC fights. But, like, it doesn't matter if he beats the guy that he's fighting in the UFC. Because he still got paid a ton of money. And now he's opened up an ability to come back for another fight. And this is interesting because whether he can win or not win is besides the point at this point. He's making a ton of money. And uh, towards the end of any MMA fighter's career, sometimes they do that. They show up for a few more fights. You know, you can tell they're not really going to win or not win. Connor's in an interesting situation because it isn't really clear that he can't win or come back and win the belt. um, Because of all the different things that happened at the end of his career. So he's still making a ton of money, being extremely successful at doing this. And I thought that was something interesting that we all can kind of step back and take a look at. Because sometimes we get so fixated on how a game is played, what the rule is, how the business is played. And this is the way you're supposed to go make money. I think about this a lot with film and with people that are doing things in the audio video space. You know, a lot of people think, I need to go make money this way i need to go sell my movie idea i need to go get you know my big break basically music is the same thing there's a lot of industries like that i'm sure every single thing that they're out there it has an established path but you can see with this example if you start looking at what you do is there another way to make money that's not directly related to how it's traditionally been made but still working in the industry that you choose and some great examples i'm thinking about for this is you know for film, when it comes to film, a lot of people start off in the film industry and they say, I want to go make a motion picture. I want to go make a short film. Short films make no money. There really is no money in short films. However, there's a lot of money on YouTube and on social media, right? Through TikTok, there's lots of money that can be made there. More money, I would argue, than some short films are making when they're on Amazon, right? It's harder to find those films. They're not really being featured that well. You got to do a lot of legwork on other platforms to drive people to Amazon to watch your video. And I don't think you're getting paid a lot for whatever shorts or or features you're getting on Amazon. Um, So you looking at that, I always wonder why aren't people taking their short films and breaking them down? And spreading them out onto the other platforms where there are already eyes. People are already coming to these platforms to view media. So why isn't short, short film or at least some of the scenes or some of the things you want people to see being displayed on TikTok, being displayed on YouTube, or remixing that content, putting it back out there in a way that's more digestible for those kind of platforms, since there's a lot of money that you can make through advertisements on those platforms if you're getting the views. And then if people are enjoying the content in that style, you might have a chance to convert them over to the actual platform, as opposed to just saying, hey, can you go watch my movie? Hey, here's an advertisement. Hey, here's a movie poster. Those are traditional things that have been done for a long time. I think a lot of people have to start looking at ways to innovate what it is that they're doing. Another thing is this concept that your film has to be a way to make money. There's a lot of merchandising opportunities on the internet now where you can basically design your merchandise 
and pay the company a small fee or let them take a small cut to manufacture, ship, and handle and do all the work for your your um your advertising, much how you would for any time you got into a movie deal. Let's say you get picked up by a large movie studio. At some point, if they decide they want to do merchandising for that movie, that movie studio is handling it for you. You might not be getting anything from it or a very small percentage. So people kind of sometimes gawk at this idea that you can go online and make merchandise and then you're, you're sharing a piece of the profit with the company doing the work, making the merchandise for you and shipping it. Why? Why gawk at that? You you still get to control the content. You get to put it on their platform. It's a platform people come to buy things. It's a platform to set up to sell things. So sometimes you can have a deal with a movie company that has your product being sold at like Walgreens or something like that, right? Or some other place where maybe that's not the best place to display your product, but they have some kind of pre-established deal. You get bundled in with other movies. Um, yeah, I mean, why do it that way when you can control it yourself? I think a lot of times movie makers or people in any kind of you know business say, well, I don't do that. I only make movies. Okay, well, how much more difficult would it be for you to learn one or two more things that will then put you into opportunities so that you can actually make a little bit of money on the side that will funnel back into the movies that you're trying to make or into the career that you're trying to pursue? If you're a musician, for example, a stand-up comedian, I'm thinking about those kind of live entertainers, you guys had to swivel a lot during the pandemic, right? There are situations like that where people, you can see a lot of people innovated and thought, what are other ways to make money? I've seen people doing like fake stand-up things or doing a green screen where they're doing like stand-up online. But now it's becoming, you know, a, a short YouTube video or a short TikTok, you know, joke or something like that. And it, I think it's just so much people just used to the old way that they're taking a very long time to adapt to these things. So if you're out there, and you're doing something, I would say, you know, stop and think, what are some ways that you can break this down and display it in the place where people are? Those where the eyes are. People are on TikTok. People are on YouTube. And when you see those platforms coming, you have to figure out a way to get your material into that space because that's where your customers are. That's where your investors are. People are using these apps. So if you can do anything that gets people, you know, checking out what you're doing, you can find tons of videos that show you how to do it how to get onto those platforms, different ideas on the videos you can do. There's different trends that come along where then you have to just take your property and do it to that trend. And then you might get not, you know, it's not about the, the million dollar, you know, success story. Everyone always looks at these platforms and thinks, oh, well, if I can't be a YouTube star, what's the point? What the point is, you have a platform here that has an algorithm that can drive viewers to your product. It doesn't matter if you're the number one person. I think even it even helps validate how your product looks. If you're out there trying to do something and I go searching for your product and I can't find it on YouTube or Instagram, it makes your product look very low, low brow, in my opinion. I don't think people want want to go and, and search on your uh, specific website. I see a lot of short films get hosted on these very niche, um, you know, f uh, like website services that have like short films. I'm like, hey, sign up for like seven dollars a month and then see short films at like johnnyjohnsshortfilm.com. I got to make some new account on some other platform. The only kind of content I can view is this, and I'm paying a premium just for this kind of content from. The people who own these short films, they don't own all the short films in the world, just these short films. And I, I just don't understand why someone would 
get into that situation. Let's say if they tell you, oh, we're going to give you 40%, 50% of every view or whatever, and maybe YouTube is giving you, uh, you know, 5%, something really small. There's so many more people already on YouTube that did you have a, chan a chance to actually naturally bring them to that. For me, you know, I'm, I'm a person into film. I don't think anyone that I know that I could walk up to and convince them to sign up to a brand new service they're not used to simply to view my short film and I get that one person's, you know, I get their two dollars or whatever more than I would get the ten cents on YouTube or whatever the, the different ratio is. I think overall you have a much better chance since everyone's already on YouTube. A lot of people are switching to TikTok and are more comfortable signing up for a service like TikTok if they don't know it because they, they heard of it, right? So if they don't use that platform, it's much more likely to convert them to that than to convince them to install some other less popular app. That's where everything is going. So I see a lot of people resisting it. They're getting mad about these little problems that come with the platform, not making enough money or whatever. But that, that's where everyone is. Now, you can still own your own space. Off of that, you can still have a website and other things that if you convert people on YouTube, you can say, hey, now go to my website and check out my own thing. You can set it up on your own site. I've seen a great thing that said if someone's willing to pay you a dollar, they're willing to pay you $5. You can have a, a gateway on your website. When do Squarespace. There's a, a very easy option to set up a member-only section where you could ask your people that are into you, hey, can you, will you support us? Give us $4, $5 a month. Venmo, they have a way to, um, or I think Vimo, Vimo, the movie platform, they have a way that you could set up like a, 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 a private channel where you can do like adult content or content that isn't, you know, allowed by YouTube or you're afraid you might get hit for copyrights. You could do it on there and charge people 4 or $5. Um, so yeah, you're completely cutting out this other independent bracket that for some reason is telling you they're going to somehow bring eyes to your thing. You know, and whenever I use those services, I go on there and view the top movies and then maybe the movie I, I signed up for if I knew someone making a specific movie. I don't sit at home and just watch every single short film ever made. So again, they're not doing that much for you. I don't know who, how, how few movie buffs could there be that are drilling down that deep into this one platform to see your movie. It's an it's impossible. Like, it's just not worth doing. And these boxers and these fighters are showing that you can take what you do and make it work in a different space that isn't the traditional space. So I'm not saying don't do the film bracket. I'm not saying that maybe you can't also put your film bundled into those other services. But then if you want to make money, control your own space, be where everyone is, and then also have a place that you can, you know, do your own thing. And to start all that up, that's a good segue into, you know, how do you get a few extra dollars when you're a struggling filmmaker, when you're a musician, when you're out there and you're an artist? You know, I, I can't emphasize enough that maybe a few years ago, I got into driving Lyft on the side, right? And at the time, it was just to make ends meet. And when I didn't need to do it anymore, I didn't do it anymore, right? But then I look back and think of how easy that money was and how easier it has become. I was when I was done with it, I didn't like doing it. Obviously, there's always the same things everyone says. Uh, number one, you got to have some gas in your car to start, right? That's not a lot of money. It's a very small investment. You can easily turn $20 of gas into $100, basically. You're making maybe 80 bucks, maybe 100 bucks, based on the gas prices at the time. Um, and you can you can go ahead and just do that in an afternoon, really. You can do it as a side job. If you do it on the weekend, that's obviously the best. You can go out there and make 100 200 bucks very quickly. Um, and then you can take that money 
I mean, I bought a gimbal recently for my cell phone camera. It was $120, right? So that's one day driving Lyft, right? Now, I know previously in my life, I was in a situation where I see equipment like that all the time. It seems like it could be useful. It could take my product to the next the next level. And I could tell you, just having that gimbal, I was doing an event, and that was bringing other people up to me. It made me look so much more professional. I got offers for other jobs that might end up bringing me in $1,000 for those gigs, so it's it's you look at those opportunities and say, well, I could have drove DoorDash, Lyft, one of these services. I'm going to get more into those in specifics. But right now I'm just talking about the general idea. There's other lots of other things you can do on the side. Um, I know if you have a pickup truck, for example, one thing I would recommend is scrapping, right? If you know your local junkyard and a local place that accepts scrap, I've seen people make a lot of money with scrap. I've gone on scrapping with people. And once, like anything, YouTube it. Find out some tips on how to scrap, you know, figure out in your city what those days are. That's very easy money where you can make the money that day. You get up, you go pick up trash or whatever you see on the side that you think you can use for scrap. You know, you're going to, for that kind of thing, you have to kind of learn the area. You go down, you learn what the different metals are worth or whatever. You drop them off. Sometimes you can take them apart. If you have that space, you can like put them in your backyard, break them down. You make a little more money if you can separate it. Uh, mixed metal, you don't make as much money is what they call it. Like if you have that, basically they have to do the work for you. If you had the time and you don't have any other way to get your film project or the next thing that you're doing off the ground, that's something that you can do if you have a pickup truck or you have a van. If you don't have that and you have a car, I say the next thing you try is Grubhub um, or DoorDash. I, I do like DoorDash. I think the best right now and Uber Eats. Those are apps that are very simple. They don't involve people being inside your car. So you have a lot of privacy when you're driving around. Very few interactions, very brief interactions. Most people, I find, actually want you to drop the food off at your door, and they don't even want to speak to you, right? So if you're having that kind of experience where you don't want to really be involved with a lot of different people and stuff, simply go online, watch 15, 20 minutes of, hey, DoorDash tips, tips on DoorDash, how I do things. It applies to most of all the services. Grubhub is a little bit more involved. But even when you sign up for Grubhub, a nice benefit you get from them is they'll send you like a warmer bag and you can use that bag for any of the other businesses you work for, right? You can use it to store their food. You can even store your own food. If you bring it home, your family a pizza or something like that, you can put your own pizza inside of it. You keep it in your trunk of your car. It's always there, something you always can use. And you're making a few extra dollars here or there without having to, you know, commit to a part-time job, without having to have all these extra hours. I even seen in some cities they have it so that you can get if you have an electrical bike or you're willing to invest in an electrical bike because you don't want to get a car, um, you could even do it through the bike service, right? If you're in, in a city that has that available to you. So a lot of different things I think is very interesting when it comes to how to make money on these in these different programs. Again, I'm recommending DoorDash out of all of them. If I'm giving you my review, my breakdown, I'm saying everyone should try DoorDash. It's super easy. A lot of businesses are very well set up. Um, and you'll give it a night or two. I don't recommend doing it at night. It's very difficult to see at night where the houses are. Um, you kind of have to call every customer when you show up trying to figure out where their house is in most areas. But again, that might be a reason for you to say, hey, I am going to work late into the night because a lot of people are going to stop doing it at night. I um, mean, you can make extra money. You can get some extra tips that way. Um, I had one order in particular. I think it took them like 45 minutes to an hour to get their food because no one wanted to bring it to them. And I got a decent tip when I brought it to them, right? So these are things that you can do. I've seen that you can make about $15, $20 an hour, and that's pretty much every job out there. I don't understand 
why you would get another kind of part-time job at this point. If you're in an area and you have those things available to you, those are some great options. If you don't have a vehicle, you don't, you can't transport yourself anywhere, I would say then the next thing you would have to do is I would look into purchasing things and selling them again online. So there's websites like Alibaba Express um, where you can buy things that are pretty cheap. And if you can re, re, basically like repackage them or represent them in a way on an online space, that's something that you could get into. You might need some space in your apartment. You might need initial startup money to get into that. But that's something that you can try to do where you buy products and you basically say like you buy like a, a mask or something. If, you, if you're good, let's, let's figure out what your skills are. If you're good with arts and crafts, you can decorate things. You can buy cups. You can buy a mask, something like that. It's kind of party favor. Take them, rebrand them, decorate them a little bit. Put them out on a place like Etsy or online, eBay or something like that. You can set up your own store. You can tell people about your store. Um, and then sell something on the side, something that doesn't take too much time from you. I've seen someone doing um, basically fake jewelry, right? And they actually got into a situation doing fake jewelry where they'd buy the pieces, they'd make this little plastic jewelry, this like costume jewelry that girls like to buy sometimes, basically. And then they we got to, into a situation where they found retailers that would buy wholesale orders from them. So on the side, what they do is they have one room in their house and they basically take these different orders from these wholesalers. They fulfill these orders and ship them out. And it's just sitting at home tinkering with something in your house if that's one of the things that you think that you're good at. Um, and there's, you know, there's a slew of these things. You can look up online lots of different ways to make money on the side. But what I want to do here is just try to provide the value of getting people to think about whatever it is that you do in a different way. You don't have to present your product in a way that only is sold traditionally this way or that way. There's lots of different ways that you can make money off your products. It's just a matter of what are you willing to do and what are like what adjacent skills do you have, right? If you if you are someone who's in the film, then obviously there's videography, right? But if you don't want to do weddings, there's lots of other events where you can show up, you can talk to the person who's organizing the event, you can offer your services, maybe work on it for free to show them what you can do. That gives you a demo after you make that, you can show someone else. It takes a little startup on your end, but really if you're shooting digital and you're not doing anything that weekend anyway, what are you wasting? You know, a little bit of gas money to get there. There's much more difficult things you will have to do. A, a job interview, for example, you got to pay for gas to go to a job interview. Sometimes you got to buy yourself an outfit. You may not get the job. Maybe you got to go to four or five job interviews on the side, right? And there's always a little investment you need to start up anything when you're making money. But these are some very simple things you can do. Um, the, the last thing I'll mention is a tip for my my all those services is honestly sign up for all of them right now, right? Sign up for every single one immediately. The reason is because they all take a while to set up. They do background checks. They sometimes take two weeks to set up your direct deposit. Um, I, I found it being a giant benefit to just get into all of them. That way, once you had them all set up, you keep them current. If you get like different documents for your car, like your registration gets renewed, you go ahead and just update it literally in minutes. It's right from your phone. It's super simple. You can update them all. They all have the pretty much the same process for that. Keep your documents up to date. If you ever find yourself in a jam just for regular life stuff, or if you're saying, yeah, I want to get myself that new piece of equipment. I got to go buy some pencils for my art. I need some paints. I need to go ahead and you know get something else from whatever it is that I'm into on the side. You could just go ahead and, and save up some of this money 
and then cash it out, and then you'll have some cash to do what you need to do. Um, I know for, you know, again, for screenwriters, there's a lot of entry fees for these contests you can get into. You want to go to a short film festival, you got to buy plane tickets. You know, $100 or $200 plane ticket seems like a lot, but three or four nights driving DoorDash is going to get you that money. How hard is it, right? If that's all that's stopping you from going to California to buy a plane ticket, then maybe three or four nights in DoorDash, you're going to have your money for your plane ticket, right? The next thing is, well, how much does that hotel stay, right? You figure it out. Maybe you can Airbnb it, find somebody to bunk with, right? Again, these are outside of the box ideas on how to look at these problems. We look at these things often way too too traditional. And you can see so many people are out here innovating, trying to find other ways to get things done. So that's why I wanted to share with you guys to finish the podcast this week. You know, it's the experience. All I'm talking to you about is experience. These are things that have worked for me over my years. I'm turning 36 this week, or not this week, but this month I'm turning, yeah, actually in, in uh, about a few days, I'm be turning 20, 36. And it's great. I've had these different opportunities, and I realized that with all that experience, I just have more information and more ability. And that's the same thing for you. You have more information and more ability than you had a year ago, than you had five years ago or 10 years ago. So just because something didn't work for you before, it doesn't mean it's not going to work again. Because now you know what doesn't work. You have access to new information. Just The information is 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 moving so fast. I mean, Udemy has a new launch. They've recently redone their page. I know they've hooked up with some corporations to do some more corporate kind of events. If you're into more traditional like tech work or something like that, there's so much information you can find on these platforms. It's such a small price. People that are still going to college, if you have something very specific that really requires a vigorous college course, I understand that. But there's a lot of people I think they're spending, again, traditionally, oh, I'm, I'm told I'm supposed to go to school, don't know what I'm going to go for, get a whole bunch of debt, and then find out that when you get to the job, there's lots of people you're working with that didn't go to college, that got some kind of certification or some other kind of way, some outside-the-box kind of way. We would approve in an interview that they had the job skills. They made an app on their own. They went and developed some website. They can pull it up on their phone and say, this is my website. And the person in the interview knew this person was a self-starter and had the skills they needed. They didn't care if they went to college, right? There's a lot of things like that that happen all the time. And it's just thinking outside the box and, and having that confidence in yourself to give it a try, not going the traditional way and trying to innovate and find your own way. I see people winning like that every day. And that's why I wanted to share with you guys this week. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope you guys take some time to, again, regroup Think about all the things that you've been through. Really give yourself a pat on the back. I, I, I see so many people that sell themselves short. You guys are great. Thank you so much if you listen this long to the podcast. I hope it brings you value. This is Sammy Rye. You guys take care.